Welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. In the mid-19th century, a number of French painters decided to experiment with a more realistic style of art. They wanted to explore the drama of everyday life in ordinary settings with ordinary people. One of the most prominent of these painters was Francois Millet. His painting, The Gleaners, ties together some of the meditation's most important points and offers a bridge to the conference we're about to begin. First of all, the very ordinariness of the scene is striking. For St. Therese, holiness lived out in the great commandment to love consists in doing ordinary things with extraordinary love. The three women in the painting follow the harvesters to glean the residual wheat. The labor is backbreaking. The payoff is minimal. There seems to be little transcendence in what they're doing. Yet if done out of love, their ordinary actions have eternal value. Secondly, although Millet doesn't include it in the painting, it's safe to assume that these women are gleaning in order to feed their families. Remember Christ's great commandment, Love one another as I have loved you. This love means laying down our lives for others, and that takes place precisely in the little details of everyday life. It's easy to fall into the trap of waiting for extraordinary moments to love. St. Therese would want to tell us that we need to love right now. We need to lay down our lives for others right now. In fact, St. Therese's namesake, St. Teresa of Avila, wrote that a favorite trick of the devil is to encourage us to dream about the great things we can do for God and others tomorrow and to ignore the little things we can do today. So how did St. Therese live the great commandment to love in the details of everyday life? Here are two coordinates that help us to better understand this great commandment and to live it out in our own lives. The first coordinate is to do ordinary things with extraordinary love. Since we're speaking about the great commandment to love one another, we'll focus specifically on how St. Therese learned to lay down her life for others in ways we can all imitate. For example, she described how the other sisters used to leave their mantles strewn around the chapel after they prayed the divine office. The winters in Normandy are bitter, and the convent in Lisieux only had heat in one room, so these mantles were a vital part of the nun's wardrobe. St. Therese wanted to ensure that they were ready to use when the sisters returned, so after everyone was gone, she used to fold up each mantle and leave it in its owner's seat. No one ever knew who did this loving action, but there were doubtless some grateful nuns in that cold chapel. As St. Therese put it, I loved to fold up the mantles forgotten by the sisters and to do all sorts of little services for them. Another little service she rendered was to clean out the spider-infested pantry under the staircase. Despite her intense dislike of spiders, she wanted to make this sacrifice so others wouldn't have to. This same love led St. Therese to lay down her life by checking her impatience, and those of us who struggle with impatience know that this can truly feel like martyrdom. The smallest things can irritate us, and they're often habits the other person's not even aware of or may not be able to change. The clicking sister is a good example of that point. This nun had dentures that fit poorly, and she constantly clicked her teeth together in the chapel. To make matters worse, she also fidgeted with the rosary the Carmelites wear on their belts. St. Therese had very sensitive hearing, 
and these trifles were a source of constant irritation. But pay attention to the choices she made. She decided to offer these irritations to God, and thereby chose to love this sister in spite of her annoying idiosyncrasies. The second coordinate in St. Therese's journey towards loving others as Christ loved her is loving those we like the least. In Matthew 5.44, Jesus tells us, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And St. Therese gives us a wonderful example of how to do this. As she meditated on Christ's new commandment to love one another as he has loved us, with a love that brings us to lay down our lives for others, a realization struck her. I understood how imperfect was my love for my sister. I saw that I didn't love them as God loves them. I understand now that charity consists in bearing with others' faults, in not being surprised at their weakness, in being edified by the smallest acts of virtue we see them practice. But I understood, above all, that charity must not remain hidden at the bottom of the heart. And buoyed up by this conviction, her efforts to receive and correspond with God's grace bore fruit, and St. Therese grew in her ability to love. Two examples from Story of a Soul stand out. The first is Sister St. Pierre. She was the oldest nun in the convent in Lisieux. St. Therese was the youngest. Sister St. Pierre was crippled by arthritis, and the pain did little to improve her naturally irascible temper. Since she was unable to walk without help, one of the nuns was assigned to assist her passage from the chapel to the dining room after vespers each evening. St. Therese volunteered for this role and described what followed. It cost me very much to offer myself for this service because I knew it was not easy to please Sister St. Pierre. Each evening when I saw her shake her hourglass, I knew what this meant. Let's go. It's incredible how difficult it was for me to get up, especially at the beginning. However, I did it immediately, and then a ritual was set in motion. St. Therese went on to explain the ordeal of getting this cantankerous sister down the hallway to the dining room. And then the walk took place. She had to follow Sister St. Pierre and hold on to her belt to prevent her from falling. However, the elderly nun was convinced that Therese was about to let her fall and would say, Ah, my God, you're going too fast, I'm going to break something. If Therese slowed down, Sister St. Pierre would exclaim, Well, come on, I don't feel your hand, you've let me go and I'm going to fall. I was right when I said you were too young to help me. When they finally reached the dining room, Therese would help Sister St. Pierre get seated, and then she was free to leave. But she noticed that Sister St. Pierre's arthritis impeded her efforts to eat her bread. So Therese began to cut up the bread before she left. As she had not asked for this, she was touched by my attention, and it was by this means that I gained her good graces. And St. Therese learned later that Sister St. Pierre was especially grateful because, before she left, St. Therese would flash her most beautiful smile. The second example is St. Therese's heroic love for a sister in the convent who, as she put it, had the faculty of displeasing me in almost everything. In her ways, her words, her character, everything seems very disagreeable to me. Perhaps many of us know someone like that, too. But St. Therese didn't stop at this natural antipathy. She set to work loving this nun the way she would love the person she liked the most. God doesn't ask us to like everyone— since our spontaneous feelings are beyond our control. 
He does, however, ask us to love each person and to show that by choosing their good in our thoughts, words, and actions. Therese explained how she prayed for this sister each time she saw her. She also tried to serve her in every way possible, and when tempted to snap at her, she tried to give her most agreeable smile and change the subject. At the same time, Therese was realistic. St. Philip Neri said that when it comes to temptations against chastity, cowards win. In other words, sometimes it's best to simply run away from the temptation, and that also goes for charity. Therese tells us, Frequently, I used to run away like a deserter whenever my struggles to not respond harshly to this sister became too violent. St. Therese's efforts to make this sister feel loved paid off, and one day she asked Therese, What attracts you so much towards me? Every time you look at me, I see you smile. St. Therese concluded that what attracted me was Jesus, hidden in the depths of her soul. Jesus, who makes sweet what is most bitter. Now let's pull out a few practical applications for our own lives. The first is prayer. God calls us to be saints. A saint is someone who is increasingly united with God and loves others to the point of laying down his life for them. And this is simply impossible without prayer. We need a set time for personal prayer every day. When, as St. Therese put it, we allow our hearts to surge towards God and become a cry of recognition and love. In that prayer, we can tailor St. Therese's words to our own circumstances. Lord, I know that you don't command the impossible. You know that I could never love my husband or my wife, my children, as you love them, unless you, Jesus, loved them. God does not play games with us. And if Christ commands us to love others as he has loved us, it's because he wants to love them in and through us. The second is sacred scripture. St. Therese's writings are filled with references to sacred scripture, and her soul vibrated with the word of God. Did you know that if you dedicate just 12 to 15 minutes a day to reading your Bible, you'll finish the whole thing in a year? The Bible is God's love letter to us, and he wants us to read it. In the recommended reading list, you'll find a book that can help us to delve deeper into it. And finally, action. Laying down our lives for others is not complicated. Whenever we perform ordinary actions with extraordinary love, such as cleaning the house or taking out the trash, or listening when we feel like interrupting, we're laying down our lives for others. We need to be patient. We're not always going to feel extraordinary love, but it's enough to choose the good of the other person and try to carry that out. Hopefully, this retreat with St. Therese has strengthened our desire for holiness and our confidence that God is calling us to be great saints in the extraordinariness of the ordinary. Let's continue to ask St. Therese to pray for us as we allow Christ's love to fill our hearts and to impel us to love others as He has loved us. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.